welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending, episode 53. We're back again. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Uh, should we go around the table, introduce ourselves? I'm Joe. I'm Jono. Hi, I'm John. I'm Sam. Very good. Jono, you're back. Back on the show. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I was on. Did we not research this? <laughs> <Did> <laughs> not <laughs> July the 14th, 2017. Is this a real number or when uh, you said the last time there was fog outside or uh, whatever uh, it was? I know it was 2017. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that's, that's a long, long time. But that, you bring up a good point there, John. Welcome back. I think I've teased your return on every episode since. Uh, <laughs> said you'll be back the week after. You did? Uh, somebody around this table, name no names, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, uh, might have accused you on one of those old podcasts of eating chicken out of the bin. Uh, <laughs> going back to 2017 in work, I think it was. In work? Oh, oh. <laughs> I never said I didn't do it. Right, right. I said I bought KFC and I'd bought a new bin. Yep. And I couldn't carry both the things at the same time. So I put my chicken in the bin, in new bin. Yeah. And then but, I ate the chicken a, a from that while I was walking home. I don't see the issue in that. That's clean. Well, clean, clean bin. Someone on this very pod, name no names, accused you of eating like a, the carcass of like a rotisserie chicken out of the bin at GB at, at work. I'm not sure. And you were, I think you were on your hands and knees in the kitchen. Oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're like rooting through the bin and you got this chicken carcass Wait, no, you've seen the kitchen that used to be at GB. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I'd just give that a call back. Uh, I, think you that, never, you I never... think that's fake. That was you, that was <laughs> I'm not, I'm naming, don't throw anyone under the bus here, John. It's, apart, apart, from, <laughs> apart from you, maybe. Apart from me, the chicken, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you a chance to uh, reciprocate to that. If you, well, if there's any truth, if there's any truth un- to that, unsponsored story. chicken that comes in a bucket. I just put the bucket in the bin because it fit, it fit perfectly, and then I was just walking home eating chicken out of a plastic bin. So I think if the story was on Snopes, it it'd be confirmed true. It, it, <laughs> I did get some strange looks walking home because obviously it wasn't like it was when people were going to the pub on a Saturday, and I'm just walking home with chicken in a bin. <laughs> so I feel like people thought I'd got it from the bin, a real bin, as that, opposed to the new one. That's fine. That's fine. Welcome back right. after six years. Six years. That is mad, isn't it? Yeah. Our sixth year anniversary coming up next month. <laughs> can, we, can we class it as that? We've not recorded anything proper in, uh, since May last year. Yeah, the podcast has been a thing for six years. <laughs> yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, just to mention as well, not to throw anyone under the bus, but uh, Inman's favourite film, Taken, is the... Uh, not to throw you under the bus in them as, as, well, <laughs> as well as Jono, but... <laughs> <laughs> but Taken will be the main review later. Yep. I can't wait for that. Yep. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to have you back, John. What, what have you been up to these last five, six years? <laughs> five or six years? <laughs> Not a lot, really. Just this and that. That's all you ever do, you know what I mean? No yeah, podcast, yeah. just been at all. Well, we hope you've got a list of all the films you've watched since in six years. <laughs> to cover them all in intense detail. In lockdown alone, the amount of films that I could have listed, imagine the other three years that's either side as well. <laughs> yeah, you, you, all that period we went through. Geez. We introduced uh, six-star ratings while you were gone, John. That means you can give... You know, one, one six-star rating a year. Yeah. That's what we said. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Six, like, it's like a <laughs> golden buzzer type six-star thing where you're just like, yep, best film ever. Yeah. So if you want to give Taken six stars, feel free later. That would depend on what else is coming. <laughs> no, give it Taken. <laughs> uh, John, how have you been? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's just yeah, same as usual. It's worth mentioning, like, we haven't been doing many pods recently, have we? But I just feel like just so busy kind of thing at the moment, uh... 
same all last year. She's been busier than usual. She's been uh, affecting the the pod recordings. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's been busy. It's been busy at all. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's been three years since like COVID was like began. It just feels like it was last year. I just feel like I'm still losing time, even though COVID is like you'd say pretty much over now. That's yeah. That's yeah. Normal. People act like yeah. nothing's happened, but yet this work environment's different now. Mostly, mostly at home, isn't it? People just think don't need to turn up for work. Just go downstairs, put the laptop on, yeah. Yeah. get away. Yep. And in terms of COVID being over, though, they just announced the other day that the vaccine rollout has now uh, been withdrawn. I believe. Okay. I saw that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think COVID is officially would beat it. Would beat COVID. It's dead. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, is, it, is it now just the flu, and you'll just get an annual booster like when you're old? Yeah, I don't, yeah. John's I guess again, is yeah, yeah, I'm going to queue up for mine. Apparently, he's not middle aged, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a, a millennial either. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though you may have won that quiz, may may have won that quiz, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, just want to leave you out. How uh, have you been? Yeah, same same as usual. Really, just like you say, busy with work. And yeah, yeah, just yeah. in life in general. Very good. Well, here we all are on the show again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that that uh, balloon, <laughs> the Chinese balloon? Yeah, I got shown that before on dinner. America. Yeah, just hovering about, saying, "Oh, it's just a weather weather balloon." <laughs> yeah, that's what. Have you ever seen I've got no idea. Wow, no, no. They've, they've located a giant balloon above America. Sounds like I'm gearing up for some kind of punchline, but <laughs> and it does not. Like, it's, yeah, it seems like a tracker, doesn't it? Like the tracker in about doing surveillance. Spy balloon yeah. in China have released. Oh, it's right. Both the US and they, they don't want to shoot it down. It's a big, big Jesus. security concern, John. World War Three could be breaking out while we're doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> all on airplane mode, so we don't know anything. <laughs> it's just the fact that they called it weather balloon. It's like, why do they need to know the weather in America? Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing like a big balloon like out of the Simpsons you know that big Seymour Butts one when like <laughs> the uh, duff flip yeah Principal Seymour it's like uh, got his pants down and his arse out do you remember that at yeah. all yeah, massive Seymour balloon like yeah yeah just picturing that basically just Chinese version of that <laughs> <laughs> you can check later <laughs> well normally on the show we cover entertainment don't we we cover films television games yeah um, what should we start with this week? What should we What should we go on to? Can I just jump in and mention a quick game if that's okay? Uh, I've got no notes. Just going to uh, burn through this, but been playing the new Need for Speed game uh, on Xbox. Need for Speed Unbound. Don't know if any of you guys are familiar with it at all. Or... Is that why you said you were burning through it because it was Need for Speed? Oh. No, no, it's not <laughs> even a pun. It was just I thought you'd done it on purpose. <laughs> I thought it was one of your things. Very good. Burning rubber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, been playing that the. Uh, the gameplay of it is amazing amazing racing game handles incredibly well like really fun game but I think I don't know if I can explain this point very well but Need for Speed for me has always been built on like a kind of like a culture like in the early 2000s they did the Need for Speed Underground and it was built on like the Fast and Furious culture at the time like everyone thought there were boy racers weren't and stuff like that and it built on that culture wanting to be Paul Walker and what have you and it's changed a bit over the years but the way culture is now I don't know if you agree, but like you, that kind of thing is if you are like a Vin Diesel in modern from two thousand and one in modern day, you're seen as a bit of a jerk kind of thing. Like it's not very it's very passe in nowadays kind of thing. The, yeah, life has changed. People aren't like that anymore. Yeah, so you have I to feel be very like, metrosexual. You can't be too up alpha male. No, exactly. This is where I'm going with it. Like the, the game is based in like a, a place based on Seattle. And everyone who lives there is like, you know, a bit hippie-ish and they all eat tofu and stuff. That is Seattle. That's like, why Joe likes it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bit like, 
based in that modern culture. But then they're cramming this car thing into it where, like, they're all, like, Antifa members and stuff, you know, like, uh, and they're like, oh, the cops are evil and the mayor's evil at the time. We've got to bring them down and stuff. And, like, they're forcing this weird culture into it. But then it's still a racing game where you're meant to act like Paul Walker from 2001 kind of thing, like, run people down on the streets and what have you. But the fo- it just doesn't suit... The- I don't think the culture they're trying to fit onto this racing game doesn't suit anymore. Like, I don't know if I can explain what I mean. Like, But if you... If they made it in a different way, then the whole dynamic of the game would have changed and it wouldn't be Need for Speed but, anymore, would it? It'd just but, be some other thing. But that, that is what it feels like. Yeah. It shouldn't be Need for Speed anymore. The, no. the, the actual gameplay is amazing. But it's like, cha- just change the game with the times, like call it something new or but, something like yeah. Are you just not vibing with the times anymore? Yeah, maybe, just, maybe I might be a bit yeah. like a bit of a drunk Jim Corner, maybe get a, get a bit old and grumpy, maybe. Yeah, but. maybe you're not down with the Zoomers. But do you get what I mean though? Like the in the game, I still you still play the game as if like you're an absolute murdering maniac, running people down on the streets and stuff, and you're ramming cap cars and stuff. But the game is trying to portray it as if like you're like this and anti, you're fighting, fighting the man. Yeah, you're yeah. fighting the man. The police are evil. You've got to beat the police down. It's like, no, no, have you seen me playing this game? Like, I'm the evil one. <laughs> I'm literally murdering people on the street and stuff. And you're saying the message is kind of like, fuck the police, and it's then you're running everyone over, and it's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, the police are in the right in this game. <laughs> but so, spinning it as if, like, you know, you've got to, like, oh, you know, it's Black Lives Matter and stuff, Antifa, like, we've got to bring these, co- these uh, corrupt cops down and stuff. And it's just like... And you're out of the street, mate. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, watch me race. Like, you, I need to be arrested. <laughs> but, uh, but the actual gameplay is amazing, but it just feels like... They've got nowhere to go with it. And like the games always have a gimmick based around them, like yeah. underground and hot pursuit, where the whole point of the game in that is being chased by police. And, police yeah. and in this one, it's like they had no gimmick. And they're like, they get, we've got an amazing game, it plays really well, but like, what do we do with it? What, what's in the news at the moment? I mean, when you said like <clears throat> Need for Speed, it took me back to like early 2000s. Like, yeah, I was like, that, that's what conjures up in your head yeah, kind of thing. I was like, like you know? are they still making Need for Speed? <laughs> Yeah. That's what's like, a shock. The fact that yeah. they made a film so many years ago about it and now they're still making games about it. Yeah. It's like, what can you go? But like yeah. you say, maybe it should just be called something else or like just a different racing game. Could be, could be the exact same racing game. But you call like Evolution. If it, if it plays well, then, yeah. but just call it a different But game. it's evolved, hasn't it? So it's evolution. You could say like it's, it's, it's become all about the gameplay as opposed to the story surrounding that gameplay. Yeah, I think that's what bothers me. The story feels just really shoehorned in. Like in my mention, it's like just what's in the news at the moment or we'll just cram, cram all these tofu eating Antifa members in and like and stuff. And that's what the game is based around kind of thing. The thing is, I don't know, I don't know if that's why people buy the game anyway. Yeah, it's not. It's exactly. Like no. I don't care about the story and it. it's like the gameplay is the main thing. But it just feels like the bolt in this gimmick onto it. And another thing is, if you watch any like videos of the gameplay, when you're racing, you have like all these uh, cell shaded effects around your car. Like you have like this uh, purple cell shaded smoke coming out the back and stuff. And it's purely like they must have looked and thought like, this looks like every other Need for Speed game. And it's like, what could we you put some cell shading on there? Like, yeah, that looks cool. Like some purple smoke and stuff and green neon lights. Or looks different. It's a new, new gimmick. And it just feels like so cynical the way they've like bolted this new culture and gimmick onto it. But the game's amazing. It plays really well. It's like really fun to play. I guess that's what happens with franchises though, of like, we've just got to keep churning these games out. What can we bolt on? Yeah. Which is just like yeah. what They're most of these sales, franchises do, like Call of Duty and whatever. But I think I think there's an elegant way of doing it though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of games do it really elegantly and it feels like it fits. This to me just doesn't feel at all like it fits. And it's obvious that they're just like, 
without five days, like just put somebody on smoke in there and stuff, cell shade it. Well, that story they add to it is funny because imagine applying that to like a F1 game where drivers have beef. So instead of just seeing the standard play of F1, like the standard gameplay, you also get this behind the scenes where it's like you're at the presentation of each, like say you've won the race and you have the podiums. But then there's the little kickoff between them. Because obviously that happens from real life. Imagine adding that to that. You're totally right, but drivers can't have beef in this. Tofu. Oh, tofu. Very good. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say the, the last couple of Need for Speed games have kind of been on a bit of a downward turn anyway, in terms of yeah. reviews. Like the, but the, Again, Need for Speed Heat was the last one three years ago. Played really well. Is that the Aaron, Aaron Paul one? No. Is his name Aaron Paul? I mean, that's the movie, the, the Need for Speed. He was, I'm sure he was in the game. He might have been in the game, but the last oh, one was Heat. Game, so. Yeah. The last one was Heat. Again, played really well, but it just felt a bit like, what is this game about? Like, great to play and stuff, but the story mode is just, like, pointless. Like, just, just, I think that's what bothers me, the open world racing games as well. If you haven't got a reason to make it open world, just make it a series of races like yeah. old games used to be. <laughs> like, well, I, I'd rather just have that. That's what Need for Speed used to be, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So when you said, like... You were running people over. I was like, oh, it must be open, yeah. <laughs> open world now. But that's you not were, what I remember no. Need for Speed to be. Yeah, it's been open world for about 10 years, I think, now. Right. But and, and initially, when they did it, it felt inspired and stuff. It's like, oh, so it's a good step up. Like, Burnout Paradise was the first one to do yeah. it. It's like, oh, it feels inspired. Like, it's a, it's a real advancement. But now it's just like, we've got no idea where to go from here. Just scale it back, I think. Go back to having, like, actual just races that you, well, like, like a, racing games used to be. Like a retro version of it, like a arcade version. Maybe, but, like, the new Dirt game, Dirt 5, was it? Was that? It was just a collection of races throughout a tournament. Yeah. There's no open-world <clears> element. And I love, I love Dirt 5. I thought it was amazing. So I think get back to that ethos kind of thing and maybe stop trying to expand it, scale it back and make it back to, You've got an amazing racing game. Just focus on the actual how well it plays kind of thing. Would you recommend it to the non tofu eating, to to the meat eating alpha males? No. <laughs> non Antifa. Would you would you would you recommend this only to Antifa or what? It's quite a limited group that I suppose. No, I would recommend. I definitely recommend the game. It plays amazingly well. I just don't think anyone will, will care that much about the story to it kind of thing and the open world aspect to it. It just feels like that element of the game. It's just unnecessary. Like, is that a bolt on anyway? Because most people play it online. You know, because the actual the online side of it is a totally different like game. You have to go to a different menu and stuff, and it's a different whole different thing to play it online. Online, there's a mode yeah, but to that, glue your hand <clears throat> to paintings and from paint. <laughs> but that, that's what I mean, though. That's like people will go to go to that game. Should they just not release that game and just don't done away with? Maybe, yeah. The actual, uh, I think it's I think it's sold well and stuff. I think I think it's reviewed really well. It's just it just feels to me like they just run out of ideas and they're just like I said, just bolting yeah. stuff in the news onto the game and stuff and just. I don't think that story is targeted at you though, is it? That's the thing. Like an 18, 19 year old might he might relate to it. Yeah, that's totally uh, a good point. But I still think the the thing is relevant. Of the essence of Need for Speed doesn't suit the direction they want to take it in. Like, like I said, just call it something different. Call it you know, Antifa Racing or something. <laughs> <laughs> Antifa Kart Racing. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, I just think going that direction, like the, the what the, what the whole thing franchise was based on, no longer applies to what they're trying to do with it, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll move on from Need for Speed. 
Have you got any more games, John, you want to cover, or do you want me to throw one Go for it, mate, yeah. Um, I've been play- well, I've, I'm recently the proud owner of a PlayStation 5. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> Two came- years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally came into the modern day. Um, been playing a few games. Uh, one of them, John, I know you've had a go of it recently, Stray. Mm. It's a game about a cat. Yeah. Um, Sam, I know, I know you've you've looked at that game before. Yeah, I remember the trailer coming out at E3, I think, years ago. And it was like, it looked really good. And fan of cats, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cat guy. Yeah. (laughs) I I have to say, I I really enjoyed that game. I I thought thought it was great. I think it was about seven, seven, eight hours. That's like, for me at the moment, that's almost like the perfect length for a game. Yeah. I haven't got time to put 40, 50 hours into a massive game. So playing quite quite a narrative, story-driven game, um... I really enjoyed it. Um, John, what were your first impressions of it? I'll just mention my one complaint first. My one complaint with this game and other games of that ilk is that you basically don't play them, do you? Like, they're almost like walking simulators kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not much of an actual game in there, and it's, but, it's, but it's about the experience, and so that's why you're playing it. And those games don't speak to me as much as Need for Speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes sense, dude. It makes yeah. sense, because this game is, it's one where it's not, it's not it's not hard to get lost because <laughs> it, it literally there's a you press circle to meow for example, yeah yeah early on and when you meow it'll light up where you need to go on like you know like with the environment so it'll be like yeah. flashing like orange. a cat car a bit like that yeah <laughs> but there's a reason behind it which I don't want to spoil much of the game because I think for me the not the reveal because it's really early on but I I went into the game completely blind and when you sort of figure out what's going on that that was really good for me I really enjoyed that. That's one thing. I'm, I'm a fair bit into it now. I think I'm on like chapter nine of twelve. I think it is, but I've heard the ending is what really like tips it over the edge into being like a game that people love, kind of thing. And obviously, I'm not there yet, kind of thing. So, but imagine the ending will, you know, make it go up in my eyes. Kind of. I mean, I'm, I've enjoy, still enjoy playing it. It's just I don't always want to play one of those kind of games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I've got to be in the right mood to play that kind of walking simulator is not fair because it's not that but that kind of an experience game kind yeah. of thing. I think yeah. it's probably it's probably a step more complex than like your standard walking simulator because when I think yeah, about there's, walking there's, there's puzzles in there and stuff in the like yeah, you know. yeah like, and, and there's, like for example Firewatch is, is what I would class as a walking simulator I, I love that game but it yeah. is a walking simulator What Remains of Edith Finch I'm playing that at the minute that that really is a walking simulator Yeah. Um, but again like I really like that um, yeah, yeah. With this, it's a bit more of a game. You do, you do travel around like levels. Don't you? That's the thing. Some levels are just literally you're walking in a straight line, but then then you get to an area where it's open world, and you've got to like go and tick off all the stuff to do within that world in, in whatever order you want, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they mix it up a bit there. No, but I will say as 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 far as like a PS5 experience as well, like I really enjoyed it. I thought the graphics, I thought were like genuinely some of the best gra- graphics I've seen. Um, the way they use lighting. Even all the different neon lights and yeah. even just the quality of the lighting. Like, I'm assuming it's got ray tracing on it. I mean, would assume that. Yeah. It does look, look incredible. Well, that's what I thought when I saw the trailer that it's visually striking. That it just, it's a good looking game. Yeah, it, it really is amazing. But it, it all goes into the atmosphere with the game as well. And yeah. then when you add in the music, I think the music's really appropriate for the sort of scenery. I'm trying to talk about this without spoiling too much of it. Yeah, no, definitely. It, the music and the ambience is very uh, very good. Yeah, yeah, and even when you get into like, <clears throat> actual pieces of music in there that are not just, you know, the ambient background music, sort of, a, a, what would you call it, like, positional oh, music or Yeah, like do you mean the bit where you find out like, the musician who can play little so, tunes yeah, and stuff? Like, yeah, like, examples like that. Yeah. And everything's got, like, a weird, like, sort of technical 
sort of element to it as well. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, very yeah. good. I was going to mention, you said about how good it looks in the lighting. I think I think the lighting of video games in this generation is what is the big advancement forward kind of thing. I played Callisto Protocol before Christmas and the lighting in that game is insane. Like, there's moments where you're like, is this like an actual just image I'm looking at, like a real image kind of thing? And uh, I've just bought Dead Space the other week. I'm only literally two hours into it, but the, again, the lighting in that is what makes the game kind of thing. Yeah. The, the atmosphere walking down these dark corridors with like this light everywhere really does feel like the way they handle lighting now is the big light step forward for this generation of, of graphics kind of thing. I think that's been the case on <laughs> PC gaming for a few years now. It's like the big step forward has been the, the effect of light. And obviously yeah. if you use light in the best way, like, you know, with the, the latest equipment, <clears throat> you really can get like, it just turns it up another level. It's yeah, like, it just gives it a realism yeah. to the image kind of thing. Well, I guess this is new gen consoles coming into the room now. Yeah, like exactly, after yeah. a few years of development on them and stuff. I think this is the first year where we're getting finally getting like games that are just on PS5 yeah. and Xbox Series X kind of thing. Uh, Spider-Man 2, I think, is just on PS5 at the end of the year. So, yeah. thing is, they've, they've still not figured out how to... Because obviously, this isn't new to anybody who owns a PS5 or uh, what is the, the Xbox One. Is that the uh, Xbox Series X. That's how you and I have. Very elegant name. <laughs> but the, the issue with the latest consoles is you can't run a game at the best possible spec. You've you've got a compromise still, and that's 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 going to be a thing for the this generation. Yeah, I, I think it'll be resolved for the next generation. But for example, now if you wanted to play, um, I, I would assume it does this on straight. I can't remember, but some games obviously have the performance mode option where things run a bit better. And like Ratchet and Clank, I played that, and if you play that in, um, I think the performance mode is sixty frames per second. Yeah, and uh, the graphics mode is thirty frames per second, and I flipped between the two, and I don't know which one I preferred, but it was such a big difference in that frames per second. Yeah. So much different. I think I played the first half of the game in the, in the, the fidelity mode, is that what they call it, like mm. for graphics? And it looked amazing and everything, but then when I just tried it, I flicked it over to performance mode, and it just plays so much more smoothly. And I didn't even notice like the graphical downgrade, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's is the frame rate that's the most noticeable. Yeah, so then I played the second half of the game just within the performance mode kind of thing. But you two both have Switches, don't you? Like, so you do handheld as well, like, and there's the Steam Deck out now, which is, yeah. like, a really class little handheld console. It seems like that is a way that gaming is going as well, like, handheld, because, handheld, like, some people are saying, like, they've fully moved away from, like, PC gaming if they were on Steam or something and yeah. moved to, like, handheld. And there's more devices like Steam Deck coming out. Yeah. Like, the, they're obviously not as good quality. Like, the screen is, like... I don't think it's even HD, but because it's small, yeah. But well, it's HD, but not full HD. The frame, yeah, the frame because it's crisper because yeah. it's smaller. Because it's smaller, it's like it's not so bad. Like, yeah, but so I just think you're going to get these camera. divisions between people's going. I want the absolute best, and people that's oh, just, I want to play a game and don't really game. care. Like, can yeah. I question you on Steam decks for a moment? Sam? I could, I can try and answer. <laughs> <laughs> Do they pretty much play any game that you've got on Steam? Is yeah, it, you know, uh, yeah. So they there's like a. A grading system where like some will be approved as like Steam Deck compatible, some yeah. will be playable on Steam Deck, but there might be some issues. Yeah, and like you have to change controls or whatever, and then some just haven't been tested yet, but you can still play them. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I play Football Manager, which isn't exactly a console game. It's not a visual delight, is and it? it? I mean, no, it's more not, an experience. Neither, neither that either, but. <laughs> 
you could do with the graphics because there's lots of small text and stuff, but it still played yeah. really well on the Steam Deck, um, even without a mouse. <clears throat> just using the uh, touchpad was actually like really, really good on the Steam Deck. Yeah. Did so it process it fast then? Because yeah. if, if I re- rewind back to Football Manager 12 when I was running that on an old <laughs> laptop yeah. with the full database, yeah. I'd, I'd want, uh, towards later like years in that game, you'd press continue. I'd be sat there for a good minute until yeah. it played <laughs> to the next day. So I only played the demo on it. <clears throat> so I don't know what database was loaded. It, it's probably minimal on one league. Is this FM23? Yeah. yeah. But it ran like really, really quickly. I mean, it saved the game properly quick. I was impressed with that. And then Continuum was, uh, was really quick. But yeah, I can't really say what... Uh, what database that was on, so I don't know. Yeah, it could have been on a, a yeah. small database. But well, I'm well interested in getting a, a Steam Deck. Yeah. Because they seem uh, seem really good just to pick up and play and just sort of like have a good gaming experience. Maybe not at the highest end quality like you were saying for the uh, lighting effects for yeah, Stray yeah. and stuff. But, but what's, what's the price point like though? Uh, I think there's three different tiers of Steam Deck, so 350, 460 and 570. That's becoming so. natural now to pay around that top end anyway, yeah. so it's yeah. kind of what people are used to paying. That's not like they're going out of the way and going, no. actually, I have to save for this, because if you want another console, it's going to be around that price anyway. Yeah. So, But they are like a small computer, so you can actually run Windows on it, yeah, which is mad. <laughs> like, but you're essentially just paying for slight upgrades in RAM and then a slight upgrade on the screen um, and the amount of memory you have. So, I mean, it's just like buying a small computer in a few years, it'll probably won't run stuff as as well like yeah, yeah. as games progress but that, that's the same with consoles although stuff is developed specifically for consoles requirements um but steam deck you have all the options to reduce the quality and stuff if you yeah. if you need to and run it on like a performance mode like you're saying <coughs> so, yeah. Yeah. One last question. How much commission do you make on that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have gone on about seeing that quite a lot <laughs> If they're listening, just reach out. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Send us for a test of us. Do a user rating. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, very good. Very good. Um, move on. Uh, are we going any more games or anything? I was boring. I played on Village. Um, be- but funny thing is, I love Resident Evil, but I missed out seven. I just never played it. And someone that gave me the game told me I was mad for missing a game out. So I was like, that's fine. Just Just give me the newest game. I'll play it and see what happens. And then I felt like I was slightly lost. I, I did complete the game just under 11 hours total, but I did feel slightly lost because parts of the story didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it all hinges on seven on it part. Exactly. Much, yeah. I was, didn't know they were linked. Yeah. The small links were, it'll show you bits in eight that you might have completed and it's supposed to sort of give well, you like, like a memory. Yeah, you're the main, the main guy, Ethan Winters, is the main guy from seven. And in seven, you're trying to find your girlfriend. Is it Mia, somebody? Yeah. Mia Goth. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and the daughter. Yeah. Rose. And then, so imagine when you started part eight, you'd be like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it, it, it was more his durability. Like the Resident Evil games, it's based on the fact that the level in which you play it at, you'll take more damage. But there was something different about him, about your main <clears> character in it, as in like he could take untold amounts of well, damage. I was, I was just going to say, like, explain I'm, not gonna to spo- I'm not going to spoil anything, but there must be a bit in part eight involving a hand where you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, <laughs> there is one main bit which you are, we're not going to spoil, but it made no sense as to... As to what you're looking at, like. <laughs> you see, when you can heal yourself in it and you make potions and whatever, the way it happened and then he just poured a potion over it and that made it okay, I thought to myself, 
What for just what? <laughs> what for just witness? What for done? Yeah. That made that that okay and that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of well, gameplay, it's good. Re- reasonably open world, but you do have to stick to the story, obviously, like it usually is. But it's it's a solid it's a solid game for eleven hours. Oh, I, I love Resi Village. It's, it's amazing. Is yeah. Village the one with the big lady? Yeah, and Lady, lady. Dimitrescu. Yeah, oh, you yeah. mean the the really tall the lady? The vampire yeah. lady, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's like a, a four a four piece in it that's supposed to be like a family. One of them's almost like Quasimodo, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, main four, the main four bad guys. There's a Heisenberg, there. which he's like a... I can't even describe him. He's just, yeah, he's got a hat on and stuff. Yeah. yeah the, it's, <laughs> it's a great description. The, the, reason, hat on. the reason I kind of played it is because obviously four is coming out for remaster yeah. with certain... Alterations to the original, as in the the way the game well, it's, plays. It's set a up. complete remake. They're remaking the whole game. But aren't they changing the certain types of side aspects to the? Yeah, like the they're changing it. Up they're a making bit. it. They're remaking it like they remade Resident Evil Two and Three. It'll play yeah. like them too. That this that's my number one anticipated game of the year, Resident Evil Four. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of Resident Evil, the only one I've actually fully played is Four. Um, yeah, Four's the the one. It is the best one. I feel like they've waited. To bring it out as a remake because it's the best. It's like it's the one everyone waits for, basically. Yeah. They've re-released that about six times on multiple, multiple consoles, consoles yeah. and then yeah. they'll have like a you know I'm sure they release like five year editions and stuff like that. But, but as you said, it's the remastered version on this one on a visually exciting console is gonna make it another level because when you look at it in cross comparison to the other consoles it was played on you'll see how much difference has been put into it yeah the, this one i mean capcom's they call it it's the re engine into the use and like their technology is amazing and resident evil 4 remake will look amazing like this is be, what i'm waiting for yeah it's gonna, yeah. Be, gonna be class I, I will play that one because that one for me is the one where if they can capture the same atmosphere again and like for example my it'll, favorite... it'll, I'm, I'm not tripping a resident fanboy yet it'll be better than the original yeah. like yeah. the remake the, re- the remakes before have been class that they've done it'll, i guarantee it'll be better you can take my word for it <laughs> it's like your lock <laughs> yeah i can still i still have moments of that game sort of buried in my memory from when i played it and yeah for, um, the merchant for example one of my favorite characters his music every time you meet him it's just like it's just amazing. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's well, they've bad. done that in Village as well. The the yeah the, the big fat merchant. rather large merchant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a deliberate callback to Resi Four. The guy in that. Yeah. Yeah. But, in his little cart, like a sort of like a traveller cart. Like he yeah. travels around, and he's just he, when he sits up, like he's just been asleep in the back of it. But he's like, like too fat to move. So I, think. <laughs> I guarantee in the Resi Four remake, they'll they'll do the whole you know oh what are you buying? Yeah. You remember that. Like the, yeah. One, one of the best lines in games. Yeah. What are you selling? Yeah, we'll definitely go for that. But yeah, because we'll start the hype train for Resident Evil 4. Well, yeah, that's kind of why I played Village, just to bring up the hype, because obviously the gap between playing the remake of 2, this was the next Resident Evil I'd ended up playing. I just missed out 7, don't know why. I think it was because it was the first Resident Evil they'd made on VR. Someone had told me about the... I've not played as many VR games as I want, and I don't feel like I want to be not be able to go to sleep at night because I'm scared because the V has made yeah. that game into something that's a bit more it is. Can I just mention that they're like Capcom, they've hit absolute gold from 2017 onwards. It was like Resident Evil 6, 7, sorry, Seven. in 2017. The remake of Resident Evil 2 in 2018, which you bought, Jono, took out the cellophane, played... Say, I was going to ask if we were going to say this. <laughs> I knew you'd say this. Inserted it back into the cellophane and took it back to Tesco to get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> It's on record now. <laughs> <laughs> Stitch you up. 
so yeah, Resident Evil 2 in 2018, the Resident Evil 3 remake in 2020, and then Resident Evil Village in 2021. That, what a, and like now Resident Evil 4 in 2023. What an absolute banger of a six-year period that has been for Capcom, kind of thing. I was going to say, before that, they were on a bit of a slump. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just wasn't... The Revelations really games were the ones where they felt like they didn't know what they were supposed to do. Yeah, totally. Like, Revelations never really hit... People liked them, but they never really hit home like classic Resi. Resident Evil 6 was an absolute nightmare. I mean, I, I quite like it, but everyone hated Resident Evil 6 when it came out in 2012. So they really, they're really back on form again. Every game's yeah. been a winner for the last six years. Yeah, love it. Are they remaking Silent Hill? Was that was that a rumour? There's always there's always, there's always talk of it. Rumor, in the, it? I hope it does happen, but yeah. I'm sure I've seen there's a rumour about that. Because Dead Space, I've mentioned before, has been remade now. So the survival horror genre is a quite strong. It's the perfect time to... Yeah. If they've got to do it, now's the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. The Silent Hill thing, I did want to point out actually, it'd never been mentioned, but in my thrifting trips that I did make, I actually found a mint condition version of Silent Hill, the game. Checked it, it was perfect and everything. It cost me just a pound. So oh, that's really? got in my personal collection of something I won't play, along with um, Final Fantasy VII, I found that was also in mint condition as well. Someone just randomly turned their games in, and yeah. I just happened to find them in this basket. You'll get some money for them. That's what I was thinking. I'd save them. I also got a original version of Resident Evil, the original one, and that was in mint condition. I don't yeah. know who have got it off, but they don't seem to have played them. They've been kept anyway, but worth some money anyway. So. Little, little pickups of the week are very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So, yeah. They're my savings of the week. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Anybody, any, are there any other games? Or? I was just going to very quickly mention uh, Frostpunk, which I know you've played. Oh, yes. You recommended it to me. It's a great little game. It's good, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, a, it's an uplifting, positive experience, <laughs> I would call it. It's like a, it's a base builder, isn't it? And then you just get waves of bad weather. <laughs> bad things. And bad things. And you have to make decisions of how to save the people. Like, uh-huh. give them a... Or... Uh, Split the food with uh, sawdust to make to make the food go further. That's, that's uh, one of my favorite. That was one of the one of, the decisions. <laughs> one of my favorite decisions from the early yeah. game. It's like, do I do I do I put sawdust in this yeah. food? <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's just like it is really good, really good fun, and like I think you could probably rinse for it in two and a half hours, two hours on like yeah, on easy. But you, like, there's just so many different ways to play it. So you could just, like lead by religion or by like force of hand. So like, yeah. Yeah, you can, with an iron fist yeah. kind of thing. Though. So you can yeah. uh, play through that multiple times. But that's that's a really really good little game. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a very grim game. It's yeah. a it's a base builder with a story on it, and it's mm. a story you can fail. <laughs> so it's like you can spend like three hours building your base and going through the game. I won't spoil the sec- the sort of last quarter of the game, but it, if you don't know what's coming in the last quarter, you're ruined. <laughs> yeah. The first first time I played that game, I got to that point and I was like, there's no way this, you can't even do this game. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was trying it on whatever the second hardest mode. Well, the, yeah. I had to move, I had to bump down to easy because <laughs> I was just like, I want to, I want to complete it for a start. And then because of the replayability and you can whack the difficulty up after that. So. Yeah. yeah. It's a big recommend for me that one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A good one. Can I just jump off the back of uh, Inman's recommendation? A similar kind of recommendation. I, uh, I've been playing a game, well, I completely blasted a game called Telling Lies, got all the achievements on it. Oh, see, it's on the PS Premium, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is the thing. It was on Game Pass, and it was due to drop off on the 31st of January, and I thought, oh, I've always wanted to play this. It's a short game. It looks really interesting. 
So for two nights, I blasted it and got every achievement on it. And then I found out it was on PS Plus after that. So I, <laughs> I, I could have just played it any time I wanted. <laughs> so, uh, but I blasted through it in a couple of nights. Like, I think, I'm looking at you particularly, Joe, I think you'll... you'll don't take this the wrong way, because this has nothing to do with what I was going to lead into. I was going to mention, funnily enough, it also involves tofu eating, like, Antifa members. Like, <laughs> but not that's not why you like it, but... <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm on a theme here. Like, <laughs> these aren't the only games that I play. Like. <laughs> uh, but the whole point of the game is that... Do you know anything about it at all? Though? I've only... I'm, I looked at it the other day. I was looking at getting on it myself. But... It's about four or five hours. They, they say four hours, but if you want to blast through everything in it, it'll take a bit longer. And the whole point of the game is you're just a person who sits down at a computer at the start. You've got a desktop in front of you uh, with apps and features on there to, to, to click on and stuff. And one of them is like a search video searching by keywords, you type you type two random keywords in and it brings up videos related to it. You watch the video, you might learn a clue about something, you search the keyword in that video, it brings up a whole new set of videos kind of thing. And it's up to you to watch the videos and piece together what the story is kind of thing. And there's literally like four or five multiple stories involving one main character. And uh, it's really good. Really, really good uh, experience. Like not, not really a game, you know what I mean? You don't even play it, you just sat there watching videos kind of thing. Yeah, I like uh, Yeah, and like... It's funny because it came out in 2019, a year before COVID, but it's as if like it's a COVID-influenced game because it's all to do with like talking to people over Zoom and stuff like that and uh, webcams and what have you. Are you thinking this is a political, like it was like a hidden message to say like a, this oh, is what's like, going to happen. Like like a, a, yeah, get ready for this. Like. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, a prediction of the future or something, yeah. but, but like... Even to the fact like sometimes you're watching a video where somebody's put a hidden camera in a room and you're watching people have a conversation about something important. And you think, God, I'm eavesdropping here and hearing like an important conversation about what they're up to. But then other times you're watching like say for example, Joe might be like talking into the into the computer webcam. You've only seen one half of the conversation because you're just seeing the feed of that person talking into the webcam, but they're talking to somebody else, but you're only seeing and hearing one side of the conversation. They can just be sat there with the camera, just going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, right, shit, I've got to find the other half of that conversation now. Like, what are the keywords I can use to try and find out to find out what that was about kind of thing? If he's just saying, yep, yep, I don't know what. <laughs> Search, yep. <laughs> uh, but, oh, yeah, really, again, you might you might not totally be for everyone kind of thing because it's more of an experience. You don't play it at all. It's more of an experience than, than a game. Uh, but I found it really interesting. Uh, got a few, like, big actors in it as well, like Logan Marshall Green, I think he's called. Uh, yeah. He was in Prometheus. He's a bit of like a welfare Tom Hardy. Like, if you can't afford Tom Hardy, you get this guy kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Definitely recommend it. Four or five hours, you know, just blast through it. No, I will, I will check that out. Yeah. Um, very enjoyable. I was, yeah, no, when you, you, you were right when you said that, it's probably something I'd be interested in. Because yeah. if I was to bounce off that, one of the games I've been playing recently is Outer Wilds. Now, <clears throat> I'm sure I've covered this on the pod before to some extent because I absolutely love that game. That's a game that came out in 2019. So am I safe talking a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I mean, I tried playing it and I, it's one of them where like, it just wasn't totally for me. So when yeah. I, I stopped playing it kind of thing, but I'll, I'll probably go back to it at some point. But yeah. yeah. No, well, I, I went back to it thinking, I'll start this again. I'll, I'll try and finish it this time. Because as much as I loved it, it's, I've left it unfinished. I've left it open-ended for like f- three years now. So I, I went back and played it. Um, yeah, it pretty much I, because I've never cracked it. I thought, right now I'm going to try and figure it out, and I'll I'll talk a bit. I'm not going to spoil it, but 
the the premise of the game is that the sun explodes every twenty two minutes and you fly around space around these different planets and you basically have got to piece together what what's going on and why is this happening and you find these messages from a civilization before you that have left them from years ago and you piece all this together and you can fly to any different planet you want at the start you just get given a ship you can go where yep. you want and the idea is that you no matter where you go you're never going to get the full story but by the end of the game after you've been and travelled around everywhere and gone to all the secret areas you piece together this full picture of what is going on yep. and there's certain it's really satisfying when you get like something like a piece of information and you can link it and you go <coughs> oh that makes sense and you're like that's it. That's amazing. Um, <coughs> you can edit that. Cough out. <laughs> um, there's an example where th- there's a the the sort of group that you're talking to in the game are talking about this one character and he's been missing for years, and it's took me three years to actually find him. <laughs> so I went back into the game and me actually finding him this time round, I was like, I've been listening to this fella like play his harmonica through a signal. For three, like, for three <laughs> years, I finally found it. But it was just really satisfying. Like I really, really enjoyed that. I remember that. Like I, I got to the point where you get in the ship and take off. And I think I literally crashed into the first planet that I found, and, and, I, and I stopped playing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> because you're on like a 22 minute cycle, so every time the sun explodes, you start again, and you've got your memories, and nobody else has. So it's like yeah. a sort of time loop. But that game, if you know the final run of that game, go on. I think I was actually gonna. I forgot to mention something about the telling lies before that. I think you're gonna hit on with it. Okay. One of the things I like about telling lies is that if you know the right keyword at the start of the game, you can watch, you can watch the, 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 end, the end game video straight from the start. Like, but obviously it's designed so you're not gonna know that. You've got to work through all the other keywords first. But yeah. I imagine you go on to a similar thing with that. Like, about, but, yeah, about to say with, with Outer Wilds, like you'd never be able, you'd never do this because you'd never piece together. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But the whole point of the game is that. <clears throat> the very first time you load that game up, you can go and do the end to get to the end of the game. Yeah. So you can, technically, you can finish that game in 15 minutes. Like, But <laughs> it took me about three weeks of about two hours a night trying to piece it, piece it all together because I was trying to not use a guide and then I found like a spoiler-free guide which sort of points you in the right direction if you get a bit stuck. But that, that, I, thought, I thought that's incredible game design that you can have that open end there. Yeah. It's physically there for you to do, but yep. because it's so open ended, you you're not you're never going to go do that. Um, that. That's totally what I loved about telling lies. You, you can literally start the game from scratch, and if you know the right keyword, you can just go to the, the final video of the game and see how it ends, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And like it's like, but the game's designed in such a way that you'll never do that. But it's like, but I think that's great. The fact that that's that possibility is there that you can accidentally put the wrong keyword yeah. and see the end of the game from the start. Be like, yeah. wow. <laughs> that was that was the thing with Outer Wilds when I actually did do the final one. I wasn't sure that that was going to be my final run. So when actually like something happened, I was like, that's in, that's incredible. I didn't. I assumed that it would something would happen, but physically seeing it, you know, occur. Yeah. Which whatever you're doing and doing it there and then right. It's just mind blowing. Like there was times when my jaw was like dropped playing that game. Like really, really, yeah. really, really recommend that one. Oh, yeah. a, I'll have to get back. It's still on Game Pass, I think. So I'll have to uh, get back on it. Yeah, point. it's good. It's good. Very good. Yeah. We got any more games you want to cover? No, I think I'm done. I think the only other one I wanted to just quickly mention was I went back and played South Park: Stick of Truth. Oh yeah. Has anybody played that? I played it when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't finish it though. I didn't finish it the first time. I played it either, but. 
this time I finished it, like got into it, really enjoyed it. Like if you're a South Park fan, it's it's like it's top tier South Park content. Yeah. Um, I've started Fractured Butthole. <laughs> uh, I'm not enjoying that as much as the first one because the first one's like a quick and it's almost like a rough game. Right, it's like yeah. everything's just kind of like pieced together. But you're playing it for the South Park scenes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Everything feels a bit simpler in the first game. But there was times in Stick of Truth where I was like laughing out loud at this game because it's just, <laughs> they take it so far, like to yeah. a ridiculous level. Um, so yeah, if, you, if you're a fan of South Park and you've played them, that's, that's definitely what I would play again. That's funny, like, because I played that on a 360. <laughs> yeah. Two generations ago, I would you know, video game generations. I play. I first played that, and I've now got it on like the Series X. Like. <laughs> I'm sure it's in when I played it from PS Premium in the classic games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It still feels like a couple of years old. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you play it now, and it just looks like South Park. So you, it yeah, could yeah. come out yesterday. You wouldn't know. Yeah, it does it age kind of thing? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. that's what I mean. Like in terms of it was a 360 game originally, but they'll have done new versions for each console generation yeah, kind true. of thing. And even though. There'll be little, there'll be little, just technological, technical things in there that are better than when it launched on the 360. You know, like in terms of just lo- loading and stuff like that, that will make it so much easier to play now, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Yep. Okay, are we, are we done with games? Looking around the room. Yeah. Yep. Have we got any any TV? Anybody watch television these days? That'd be me, but it's not. <laughs> it's more. I've got Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. You've watched, watched Apple TV. Basically, whatever's <laughs> on Apple TV, I'll watch it. No, because I did, I thought, I like anything crime-based, anything where it's a bit of a drama, but then I also want some recommendations. So, because I had six months free, didn't know I had it, apparently it was attached to me, me I'd never signed in on me PS5, and suddenly they gave me six months for free. So I was like, fine, I'll use it. So I thought I'd start with Slow Horses, which is a Gary Oldman sort of, it's supposed to be a CIA drama, but it's not as it's, as it sounds. The people in his division, uh, like the Bungle Squad, they've been sent there because they've done something wrong. He's like a, this sort of middle-aged slob, um, kind of caught in a world where he doesn't want to be a CIA secret agent anymore, but he doesn't want to be a normal civilian. So he's stuck in limbo. So he he asked for this place. So he sort of is like the he like runs it. And all of these people that get sent to him have done something wrong at head office for the CIA and have been sent to somewhere called Slough House. And it's basically, it's in London, but they call it Slough House because it's so far away from head office. They just say you may as well be in Slough because it's that bad. (laughs) But it's a good series to watch. I watched two series because what they did was series one and two have been made back to back. So there's a... An, an intertwined part of the story that joins the two of them. It's not massively important, but it just shows how they're combined. And then they're doing three and four now. It's definitely worth a watch because it's it's better than you think. It makes it seem, when you're a supposed spy, more realistic. Um, like anyone could be one. Because they just do a normal desk job. Occasionally they have sort of like bomb threats or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. Like I, it was, it was number one at the time when I picked it out of the top ten Apple TV shows. I reckon it's something you should pick up. It sounds a bit like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which also starred Gary Oldman. Where I, like the whole point of that that story is that spies are just like normal, boring yeah. people kind of thing, and yeah, there's not no glamour to being a spy kind of thing. Well, it's almost like these <laughs> have been accidentally sort of pushed into the limelight to do this. 
by mistake because by all accounts, these are supposed to stay as far away from anything that's important as possible. But there's all that um, CIA have like backhanded sort of like deals and they have dealings with other people, you know, like... Just like screwing people over and stuff. Yeah, like. the, 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 they're quite happy to screw one another over. It's basically like that. But these are obviously tenuous links with people. So the main character, Jack, I think his name is Jack Loden or Lorden or something like that. That's his real name. He's basically, it starts with him messing up and it's a bomb threat at an airport and he gets it wrong and apparently... 150 people die, 220 injured, <laughs> about, 30, Got it a bit wrong. About, 30, about 30 million pounds worth of damage. But in, in all fairness, at first I thought, oh my God, he's made, how's he just not in prison for this? But it turns out it was just a exercise. Oh. Um, so these people aren't really dead. It's just, but it's, it's a massive mission that he's done and failed. And that's why he's ended up at this Slough House place because... That's the biggest bodge job anyone's ever done in the history. And yet his granddad is well revered as an ex-agent and is still, you know, like still gives him advice about it. So that's why he's so annoyed about it because he'd led up to that all his life, was made lead investigator on the thing and got it wrong because he mixed up the shirt and the t-shirt combo. It was the wrong way around the colours and he chased the wrong person. <laughs> or he'd followed the wrong person. He wasn't the bomber. So, so, so I'm guessing it was meant to get this thing right, this scenario. No, like. it turns out what you do is there's on the investigation, he's the lead. There's a second and the second is usually, they're the top two in the class. The second didn't like the fact he wasn't number one on the case. So told him on purpose the wrong way around to cause this incident. So he ended up getting, obviously the main character got put into this slough house and the other one got put in HR. <laughs> so he's basically just a file keeper. But it's it's good the way it sort of links with different people, but I think it's definitely worth a watch anyway. It's one of the, still on the list anyway, I think it's like number two anyway. So What's, what, I was going to say, so that, that was Apple TV? Yep. Yeah. Is there much else on Apple TV these days? Well, I did watch Blackbird as well, yeah. which is Taron Edgerton, Basically, he it's like a true, a true life story, basically, of a drug dealer from Chicago who gets picked up by the police because of his drug dealings and the fact that he was caught in possession of multiple firearms. Um, and they use him to try and get a story out of a... Fe- uh, basically, a, a young girl killer. But he's a little bit... A young girl killer is in... A, little, a young girl who is a killer. No, he no. There's a man who kills younger girls, and he has to. He, what what happens is he's just in a normal prison. He's been there for I don't know eight nine months. Sorry, who's the actor again who plays the killer? I, I don't even. I can't even oh, remember his name. But basically, he's he's a little bit disturbed. Apparently, the, a little the, bit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the reason for it is he is a twin, but when he was when he was in his mum's belly, the other twin got all the nutrients, so therefore he's a little bit backwards and a bit slow. So it, it tends to mix his reality with dreams that he has. And that's why he starts doing things, because he has a warped perception on life and women. On reality kind of thing. Yeah, right, yeah. so they have to put him in a high-security prison, Taron Egerton's character. Um, his name's Jimmy Keane, the real man. Uh, they have to put him in to try and 
coax it out of this man, but this man's very sort of solitary, doesn't really have friends, wonders why he's speaking to him. So it's a case of having to see how he manipulates that. He's got like, like Winnie's Trust kind of thing. Winnie's Trust, the... but he's in the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous prisons in, in America. So he's having to also survive on a daily basis, not only from the guards who are out to get him, but also internal people who are also in charge as well. So he's got to avoid that. It's It's bizarre. Because they say he he gets conned into taking a plea deal and they double his sentence from five to ten years and they offer him the chance to get free if he helps convict this man. Uh, because at, at the minute, this man's only been caught on one charge. But they class him as a serial... Um, he sort of confesses to everything. Right, yeah. So yeah. all the police in all the local neighbouring sort of like little small towns... Just see him as a serial confessor. Yeah, yeah. Don't think he's a real threat, but in reality, he is a real threat, and that's the the foil that he's got because he can tell you the most detailed thing, but because you haven't got a body and because you know his character, you assume he's lying. Yeah, but it could actually just be the truth. But he's not lying because it turns out that he like yeah. that's the point of the story. It's the fact that he's not the FBI. Don't believe it. And that's why Jimmy, like, sort of Taron Edgen's character was put into prison because they know that for a fact they just needed proof. So that's worth, that's definitely worth a watch. It is kind of, it's got Rayleigh Otter and Rayleigh Otter plays his dad. And I think that was the last series he did before he died because there's a, obviously one of their memories halfway through. Like a little, uh, not a like a tribute. Tribute, yeah. Yeah, he's in, he's in it, but you can see it's, it, it's strange to watch because you know that he's passed now, but he plays a character who does have a, a stroke during the thing, but you can visually see it because I think he was actually ill in real life because his face dropped in one of the episodes and it's a real occurrence of his own health. Yeah. So they've, the fact that he was able to play a character who's ill, knowing that he was going through the same thing himself and did die during the filming. So that are slightly after anyway. So that's kind of, it's just a strange concept to have to watch something knowing you're watching a character that you've watched in like Goodfellow and then suddenly he's in this and he's like, it's like a shell of a man. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's something that, again, it was on the top ten, and I thought I'll watch it because I've been liking the crime dramas. But it's definitely worth a watch because it's because it has that real life aspect because it did really happen. And it's a real conviction. Well, just mention this. I'm sure the TV show was written as well by Dennis Lehane. Yeah. Who's my favourite author? He's done Shutter Island. Uh, yeah, that's what they were saying. Gone Baby Gone. All these uh, Boston crime thrillers. He wrote all them. Yeah, so great author. It's definitely worth it anyway, but yeah, so that's my TV series thing. Other than that, I've gone to ITV for the other ones because I did watch one, another one. While you're on Apple TV, you've got to watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to. It's just because I was in this like crime sort of drama sit thing. Yeah, in, in that, that, uh, on that phase, but me and Edmund are big fans of uh, Ted Lasso. You need to give that a I will watch, watch it. Yep. I did switch up to ITV because I did just finish one and it was called Without Sin and it had Vicky McClurian, which is the main character in... Line of Duty. Oh, yeah. That was a, a big popular phenomenon a couple of years that ago. That was a big one in this country, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I never watched it, but everybody was talking about it. Down the water cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a very <laughs> it, it water is, cooler. It is, it was one of them. So yeah. I, I think it's kind of... When you get certain characters, you, you do pick them up, don't you? You do say, like, oh, I'll watch that because that person's in it. That's kind of how I did it with this one. Wasn't sure what to expect. That one's a bit of a different one. It's like... Um, her daughter dies three years previous or is murdered and it's getting to the bottom of it 
they just thought it was open and shut because there's a man in prison already for the murder. And they try and go through a scheme where he tries to reach out to them and they go through the process of counselling with that murderer to try and absolve. He wants to absolve himself and they obviously want closure. Um, but it turns out that he actually didn't do it. He needed her to come in to convince her to try and convince him to come in so he could tell her that someone else was in danger. It's a, it's a strange, strange concept. You do have to watch it. So yeah. I think it was only four parts, but it, it's, it, is, it is a good program, but I feel like you'd be let down by the ending. Somewhat. <laughs> that I want to warm spoil that. <laughs> watch the star. Yeah. Leave before the end. <laughs> it, it's, worth, it's, it's one of them where you, 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 you see the ending and you're like, you're shocked that how it turns out, but then you think to yourself, That's, it's just stupid. That's what you think. You think it's just pet, like a petty reason behind the the murder, anyway. But yeah, still worth a watch. But because it's only four episodes and it's only about 45, 50 minutes an episode, so if you've got a spare like three and a half hours, you may as well watch it. Is on the ITV player? Yeah, ITVX. If you want to sponsor us, well, yeah. <laughs> they've remade that, haven't they? Yeah. It's ITVX. ITVX. Yeah, yeah. I, that's one of the the, the rare bra- rebranding that I actually quite like. Better than what it was before, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's worked, yeah. It makes sense, yeah. And it does. And yeah. it's not only changing that, though, but the, uh, the way it's uh, sort of the layout. I know it sounds really daft, but when they've changed just its name, they've also changed the way the format is. Yeah, so It's yeah. actually more user-friendly. I know that sounds daft for something that's just a terrestrial TV channel for the player, but they've made it more functional. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. Positive changes. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Okay. Uh, any, any more television looking around the room? Any, any more games did we miss off? No? Okay. Any films? <laughs> Let's go on then. <laughs> um, well, John okay. was mentioning the show we watched had a bad ending. On that note, Taken. Taken. <laughs> <laughs> should we move straight to Taken? Should we, break? Should, we, should we take a break? A little break first. Should we play the music? Yeah. <laughs> we need to line him up under the bus wheels. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're here to talk about Taken. Um, Sam, do you want to kick us off, Taken? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I recall you, the, you, you somewhere along the line saying this was your, <clears throat> sorry, I think, think your real words were, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Might have said that tongue in cheek. <laughs> so I feel like this has come about because I'm sure it was like in work sometime. It was like, what's your favourite film? And I pro- I said take it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's about it. <laughs> My memory of it was it might be a bit different to yours, but ten years ago we started working together. It was like, oh, there's Inman. Met met, met uh, for the first time, and just out of the blue, you were like, oh, dude, what was your favourite film? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, Jaws, great. And I was like, oh, dude, bro, man's taken, man's taken. You sound like out of freaks in And you were just like going off on one and saying, oh, the cinematography's amazing. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you remember it wrong. <laughs> so, so what is it, Sam, about this film that makes it the greatest film you've ever seen? Okay, I never said it was the greatest film I've ever seen. <laughs> I think, like, I probably said it was my favourite film, but in the same way that if I'm ever asked, like, what my favourite 
standards. There, I don't think there is an answer of what your favorite film is or what your favorite music is or whatever. Like sure. That. Okay, but maybe with you there <laughs> is. <laughs> you say though your favorite film isn't necessarily what you think it is. It's more the one you have watched the most, and it yeah. gives you a certain sentimentality about yeah. it. Yeah. John like thinks per- Jaws don't perf- lie because he's scared of sharks. So a personal fave kind of thing, like personal favorite. But yeah, something that you would. But I think I think at the time I'd watched it quite a lot around that time or previously and like you were just saying yeah like i just, i think it's a good film i just don't think it's any like that's, that's, great of cinema i don't mean to no. cut you off in man though but that's a bit worrying like you watched it a lot around that time how many times <laughs> are you watching this film <laughs> i don't I know i've seen it a few i've seen it a few times because i enjoyed watching it because i think it's just a a good action film that's that's an easy watch Again, I'm an hour and a half. Not trying to throw you under the bus here, <laughs> but are we talking like seven, eight times in like a three-month period? Possibly? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that much. Right, okay, right. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't can't say that I've rewatched loads of films, like or a single film, loads of times. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm in double digits of any film. Right. I mean, that's normal. That's what I'm trying Jaws? to get across. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen Jaws, John? You know what? It's probably not. It's one of them where you, th- you, 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 you think know, you, go, it, you go like, oh, I've seen it 241 times. And it's like, you probably haven't. You've probably seen about five. Yeah. Like, you, you know for a fact the favourite film you will mention is not the film you've ever watched, even remotely the most times. The most times yeah, is usually yeah. event-based, so anything Christmas-related, you'd be like, oh, Stick this specific Christmas, film yeah. I'll put on. But if it's Jaws, what sort of reason are you going to is there going to be for you to choose to put yours on? July the 4th. July the 4th. Just July the 4th, yeah. is that it? Yeah. yeah. So every year? So every time it's Independence Day, yeah, it's like, I'll put it on. Yeah. Yep. I don't think you want to burn your favourite film out either, do you? By watching it over and over. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, that yeah, you will spoil it for yourself kind of thing. My favourite yeah. film I've watched under 10 times. Eternal Sunshine. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Do you ever think that about a film as well, though, that um, you have a nostalgia about a film, say, when you've watched it the first time, and it might be, say, you were a kid, so say it was, like, 20 years ago, you've watched the film for the first time, and it was the greatest cinematic experience ever, and it was everything. The cinema you went to, the experience that it invoked, and stuff like that, and then you don't want to spoil that when you get old and you actually think about that film, and you think, if I watch that and that ruins that original memory, does that then make it... Not my favourite film anymore. Yeah, I, get, I get what you mean. I think uh, Taken's old enough as well now to be classed as nostalgia. Yeah, how was this film 15 years old? <laughs> <laughs> so Sam, you would have been a teenager when this came out. So you you gone back to the wild days of 2008 watching this. Yeah, it was 15 years ago, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 17 and yeah. whatever this came out. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Can I just mention that uh, Empire Magazine, you ought to be fuming with this in there. They, they gave it one star on release. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what? I nearly looked up sort of like uh, <laughs> reviews and stuff about it. Like, because <clears throat> IMDb rates it really well, or it is rated really well on IMDb, sorry. But I was going to look up of because I was thinking, I know what you're going to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, give, just give me the little quote at the end a venomous little actioner that mistakes bile for adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got to admit, Empire are ridiculous. Like it's, that, that The viewpoint of that review is ridiculous, the way it's been written, kind of thing. They do go overboard with stuff like that. It's almost like the person 
reviewer has like a personal kind of like opinion they're trying to get across as opposed to reviewing the actual film that they just watched at the cinema kind of thing. <laughs> I thought that at the time when I saw the reviewers like that, that is not a one star film, that's ridiculous. No. Like, no. Yeah. Like, well, I, I checked Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes and I've not got the numbers in front of me, but it was certified. What's the Green Splodge? Rotten. Green Splodge is rotten, yeah. So certified Green Splodge for right. critics, but the the audience reaction's lie. It's it's rated well by by, by the audience, yeah. Rather than critics. I don't know if that's a second take on it. You know, when you originally watch something, now, I've been to cinema many times with John, and his original take on a film can change when he's John had time. <laughs> yeah, or when he's had chance to think about it. When you watch it initially, you think, like Sam said before, it's a good film to watch, you know what I mean? It passes the time, and, to, and it's a good length of film around that hour and a half mark which people say is an optimum time for a film you can watch but, it in one sitting exactly can, can I just I, I don't want to torpedo what you're saying John but the um, I would say it's the perfect length of time for this film yeah this yeah. could that it, any longer it would have felt dragged out yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie towards the end of this I was feeling like when is this going to fucking wrap up like, <laughs> it's only 90 minutes I was like well, finish this film for God's sake I because I, this Sam, you usually watch films in multiple sections. Yeah. <laughs> so it gives me the full experience. I watched this film in three different sections. So I watched three. Yeah. Like half an hour episodes. <laughs> so I watched the full intro, enjoyed that, waited a few hours, came back and watched the. Actually, I think it was two parts I watched it in. I blasted through that last hour um, last night. And yeah, I caught all the action in one hour. And I was like, at the end of it, for that. It, the, you don't feel like you've wasted the time because it's not long enough to feel that way. If it got to two hours and you were thinking, yeah, definitely, mm, I agree with that. Big. I definitely didn't feel like I'd wasted my time. Like John I, might have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I enjoyed my time watching it. Yeah, I've got good news for Joe though. If you enjoy watching it in half an hour chunks and you enjoy wasting your time, <laughs> taking the TV show is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did not yeah. know there was yeah. a TV show. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was aware that there was a taking two and a free. And I'm sure I've asked this before, but how have they strung that out over three different films? What? Does she get kidnapped again? I remember oh. when the show came out, and everyone was like, dude, it's the fucking best show ever. You've got to watch it, bro. <laughs> it sounds like Sean Penn when he's like... This so I, I mean, I've not even seen the TV show. But, <laughs> but that's what I maybe thought. I said that. That's what I thought about having a second and a third movie. I was yeah. like... How can she so, keep going I, missing? Yeah. It's a, to be honest, the TV show thing is like a, a reboot almost, and it's like a different uh, fella play. It's the same story, oh, yeah. but like. Yeah. Uh, I'm expecting guy. a 20th year anniversary to, from the first one coming out to making a series four, and it's like he's lost his keys or something. <laughs> he's in an old people's home, and that's well, what he's done. I've not actually seen the third one, but I'm sure Taken Free, no one is actually taken. Like, it's not a No, about I think that. you're right, yeah. So it should be yeah. called so I don't not know why. Taken. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. I think he, he's set up for a murder. Um, of his wife, in part. Right, Spoilers. Okay. Of, 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 <laughs> of a wife? His of wife? his wife, Lenny. Lenore. I thought Lenore wasn't his wife. I thought they were divorced. I think they've got, got, got to watch two. You've got to watch the series now. Holly Valance, she's in Taken One. This is, a, is. This is a nostalgia yeah. check. When I mentioned before, these are very period-specific features, people make that up as well. Holly Valance was very mid to, mid to late 2000s. Yeah. She's yeah. not relevant anymore. And I, I, if 
whatever she's doing now, I couldn't tell you. Prismberry was around at the same time. She, <laughs> pop, she pops prison. up in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what's she doing out in prison? <laughs> I do think that she's one of the many things that's sort of been left behind in 2008 when this was out. Just on that note, did Sony sponsor every film and go in at around that time as well? Because Sony... Yeah, in this quite a lot, but I feel like they were in. You stood the phones, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah. I felt like there was a lot of product placement in this one. Yeah. <laughs> they did do a thing at the time, like obviously Spider Man, all the fil- Spider Man films, yeah, yeah. Sony stuff was. Well, Spider Man, didn't you get it on the phone that was in this film? I think so. That um, Nokia N95, the black one, because I got that phone when it came out and preloaded on it was a really? Spider-Man film. <laughs> you got it free? Yeah. He, that was actually just set up so he could do part of the scene in it. Well, they did do a thing at the time. Like I think I'm sure Sony sponsored the Bond films at the time. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Did they really, yeah? Casino Royale. They're, well, they're in Quantum they're like, and Yeah, Souls they're, they're everywhere. And like all of their average tech is in that. So like Bond like uses the, like, the most mid-level lap, um tablets and stuff like yeah. it's like you know not going to go through apple or anything good it's like this sony mid-level kind of like yeah. mid-level tech and stuff and it all appears in the bond films but i just might as well jump ahead like <clears throat> there's one bit of tech later in the film where he's listening back to his daughter being kidnapped and it's the shittest like looking like 15 pound sony like twin speaker kind of thing just oh, sold 2008 kind of thing silver plastic deals yeah. yeah i know what you mean when he plugs all these setup it's because he's been retired for five years <laughs> <laughs> but in so 2008 that was the peak of like you know portable technology kind of thing and you look at it now and you think oh, it cost 15 quid from argos or something. <laughs> just plug your ipod the in. the funny you know thing I mean? is now modern technology compared to that all he needed to track her he needed to sort of triangulate where she was. Now all you'd need is just you can track people's phones yeah. like yeah, it, like yeah. it's like it's nothing. You can you can do that really easily. You can put someone on, F- on find your my friends phone. and whatever. Like yeah, that. find my friends, find my find, find my, my phone, find my wallet. <laughs> yeah, find my daughter. Well, you mentioned earlier, John, about like the tech in this film and stuff, like like the flip phones and stuff, and uh, wind up cameras. The little yeah. old like sort of throwaway cameras. Like who does that? Yeah. In my head, two thousand eight is still like two years ago. But then you watch a film from then and see the tech, you're like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm really old, like Jesus Christ. Even, it's not even the tech, it's the, the some of the, the sort of the clothes, just the, the way they style themselves. You're like, it feels really, you think it's like a couple of years ago, but it's really dated when you look at it. It's strange. Yeah, definitely. Can I just uh, jump back, just jump back to the start of the film? Like, Liam Neeson in this film, he is the worst dad in the world. Like, do you not, do you not agree? Like, just... I don't know if he's the worst dad or he's the most then overprotective, but you can see why. Well, you can see why, but again, like, off mic, Joe mentioned the kind of the xenophobic. This is why Empire gave it one star, and, like, it's very kind of like the Guardian readers were like, oh, what a ridiculous film. Like, it's almost designed for, like, parents to, like, show it to the children. Like, this is why you don't go to France. This is why you don't go follow you 2 on a European tour. Who follows U2 on any tour? Yeah. You don't follow them about. <laughs> when U2 was mentioned, I was like, really? Couldn't yeah. you not come no. up with a better band? <laughs> but literally. I, I so, so, go, go, John, go, go. Well, I was just going to say, like, I'm going to get on to it, but like Liam Neeson, not only is he a bad dad, he's really out of touch, but then you find out she's picked up the train. It's like, she's coming to watch U2. Like, <laughs> she's 14 or something. Like <laughs> I, I took some notes on that. I think my, my note on that one was fancy getting abducted for the sake of a YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, for Liam Neeson, I guess it wasn't such a beautiful day. 
That was one of Do you know what I thought so as Liam well? Liam Neeson's leaving that country with or without you. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I remember you two being relevant was, I think I was in college, so around 18 years ago. Didn't they bring out a sort of... And an like are you thinking of Apple? Are you talking about the one where they, they preloaded it onto everyone's iPhone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was around this. That was around this time, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a that was what I was expecting. That's why, yeah, that's what I thought. That was the mo- the last time they were relevant. I think it was a red sort thought, of like. I think uh, they weren't even relevant then. I don't think like everyone was no. pissed off about it. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was pissed off. But I think Bono recently apologised for it. Like he, he literally came out and said, "Like it's yeah, a war should, We shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I wanted one cut because of the colour. It wasn't the content. Whatever though. you two. No. <laughs> after, after the uh, after the film came out, apparently Liam Neeson had uh, parents come up to him and thank him for sort of like highlighting this danger of Europe and oh then then God, like... not letting their uh, kids go to Europe. And he had to be like, yeah, it is exaggerated for the film. Don't worry about like your kids <laughs> yeah. can go to Europe and that won't yeah. happen. <laughs> Do you also think it's a little strange though? Like when you have kids of your own, you realise like. A kid of 17, we live in this country, so how close we live to the other countries in Europe that she's supposedly going on tour. I couldn't even imagine sending a child from the States across to, like, Europe just to travel about at 17. I can understand. But the mum was like, yeah, you go. I I would make the argument that she's a worse parent than Liam Neeson, John. I think... um, The mum. Yeah, because she's she's not knocked any sense into her daughter. But again, like, just in terms of the film being, like, xenophobic and stuff... I understand what they're going for, but they're literally not out the airport yet. And they're getting like abducted. They're like, I've been waiting for a cab outside the airport. But it's not even a like, usual abduction. It's just like, you want to share a cab? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, at least let them get to the place first before the, the person's planning to abduct them kind of thing. Like, you literally can't even get into France without like people abducting you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's saying. It's saying like when you get off the flight, that you're literally being eyed up for who's good. Who, how much you can get for being sold yeah I mean that, that's where you would go with this film though it's quite like I enjoyed the action in the film but it's kind of a brainless sort of like sh- shallow point to point to point there's <clears> a yeah. reason they got to France got abducted straight away it's because it's a PC film um, yeah it yeah. is it is and it's yeah. also showing how naive they are just the fact that they're, they're there on their own and it's like yeah just speaking to these strangers it's like not learn anything have they really it is, just, I mean, yeah. it is a very one track mind action film that it just moves yeah. it, like there's no side stories or anything but like the, that like <laughs> that you can this, it just goes from yeah this action scene to this action well, this, scene I, I didn't know France was that dangerous <laughs> neither did I but this films of this ilk that you could say that age well or they that are fine that you could watch now I just don't think this one do, does in that sense it, it feels strangely dated even though I could go back and watch a film with similar sort of scenes but it's the way the acting is and the way the scene plays the way they place scenes within it well uh, again clunky the way it's filmed all of the action is filmed with that proper fast cutting kind of thing literally editing every like every quarter of a second kind of thing to another move and with the Bond films and the Bond films that were doing at the time they're doing it to emphasise the danger and stuff with this film they're doing it because Liam Neeson can't move and he's exactly. like 58 years old or whatever he is when he filmed it. <laughs> I was going to say, I looked up, he's, he's, I'm sure he's in his 70s now. I, I think he's just turned 70, I think. Yeah. 2008 wasn't that long ago. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah, quite yeah. an old fella in the I think, I think he's 56 in this. Okay. Is that what it is? There's one shot on the flyover where he's chasing that Peter down. And he looks tired. Yeah. Well, yeah, literally, yeah. they always hide, they never show him running or anything like that, but there's one bit where they show a long shot of Peter in the foreground and Neeson's in the background. It's, he can't run. Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> Talk about not being able to run. 
Kimmy. Her run is like the weirdest run. Like, the, the, door the, door. Yeah. the way she runs is just like bizarre. You know when when they're like reunited with the, oh, yeah, the yeah. airport, it's just like. But she's just had a traumatic time, <clears throat> to be honest. Like part of the trivia is that she was trained by a running coach to run more like a twelve-year-old. Well, for the film, so well, I was like, ironically, that's mad. <laughs> I'm sure the actress is about twenty-five in this film. Yeah, she yeah, she's playing yeah. like a what. I think the I think she's got quite a one dimensional character in this, but she's she's a bit too old to be playing that character. Yeah. They tried. She does give yeah. off this vibe where if she is twenty five or whatever, but there's some scenes where she thinks oh, I'm an adult, let me go. And then these other scenes where she gets the permission slip from him. And acts like, like you're saying, like she's 12. Yeah. And it's like, she's supposed to be 17. Like, I've never known a 17-year-old react like that. I don't even think it's bad acting on her part. I just think it's how it's been scripted. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. yeah. And I think she just genu- genu- genuinely looks too old. Yeah. Because she is. Yeah. There's <laughs> she the bit early on at the birthday party where she's got like pigtails in her hair and stuff. Mm. And he, he's giving her a karaoke machine. And they buy her a horse. The worst like, present ever, karaoke machine. Is this, is this a five-year-old birthday? I don't and understand. Like, yeah. She's stood there with a pigtail on her. Like, She's 39 years old. I'm waiting, for the, I'm waiting for the jelly and ice cream and the clown. I don't understand. Stood there holding a karaoke machine. I think she, she's older than the other girl that was the actress. The blonde one. The blonde yeah. um, She plays the older character. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that blonde one was in the, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, I think. Uh, Do you know what I did want to point out? And I, I couldn't not see it when I seen it for the first time. But, um, you know, the I assume he's the chief of the French service. Oh, Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Yeah. Why does he look like Why does he look like French Kevin Spacey? <laughs> it's, it's not. It's, it's not me, is it? I feel like he's no, just. He's like a it. doppelganger. Like if Kevin Spacey turned up in Paris and suddenly this man was stood near him, he'd be like, "Oh, there's his French doppelganger." It's a movie shorthand. It's kind of like, how can we make this guy automatically be distrusted? Make him look like the French Kevin Spacey. <laughs> exactly. Done. Job done. Easy. That's what I. I just kept seeing him. I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's who he is." <laughs> Just mention as well, like this film, it wasn't really a trend because there's always been there's always been like revenge films like this, like uh, the Death Wish movies, but it kind of started a bit of a resurgence in like one man army movies, if that makes any sense. Where I know what you mean Rambo and Commando <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, no, I think more like, like John Wick. I think was a, oh, was yeah. a, is a legacy of this kind of thing where one man has been wronged and he just goes out and kills fifty people. Like a vengeful thing. thing. It's an old <clears throat> Japanese type films, isn't it? Where they used to do that. That kind of revenge, like. Thing, but you know, I mean, there's like Liam himself has been in about 50 of them, I think, yeah. over the, over the, uh, the last 10 walk years. Walk Among the Tombstones, is yeah, that Walk Among one? the Tombstones, stuff like that. There's one called Memory, I think, or something. I think he's good at it, to be honest. I think the best of a new breed of these films <laughs> to me is, is the equalizer, but yeah, that's another one like that, yeah, just a lone man, you know, like trying to live his life kind of thing. But I generally do think he's good at that. I want to say good, it's just that he's like found a new career for himself. By doing those kind of films, do you yeah, know what I mean? For the last ten years, that's what he's done. Well, he's portrayed himself differently, so yeah. <clears throat> I would I would say that's kind of like his default role for well, ten years. It was just that was yeah, the role yeah. in every film. Well, yeah, because yeah. he was in Love Actually, which is what I kept seeing last night as that sort of um, <laughs> I can't describe it. Like he wouldn't hurt anyone, but then he's in this film doing moves as if like he's had specialist training, and it's like he doesn't. He doesn't. It's, it was never in keeping at the time with how he's perceived or was perceived in films. Yeah, before but that was, he was like an Oscar-winning actor, 
and a bit of a handsome leading man kind of thing. Yeah, like, but, but as he aged, he had to change. After that, it was like a boomer dad who goes and beats people up. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was this the saying, this the main saying in it, his saying, it's yeah. synonymous with the film and with him because I don't think he could go anywhere now if you've seen this film and someone not say that to him. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of his catch, his catch <clears throat> line, isn't it? It's like what people know him for now. Yeah, definitely. We're talking that when she's abducted, he yeah. gives yeah. the spiel. The I'd spiel. say that's that's probably in one of the more well-known moments of the last that, 20 years. That's probably more well-known than the actual film itself, the, the, the sort of quality of the film. That saying has been yeah. Yeah. known by people. It's been like memed, hasn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of carved out its own pop culture yeah. moment. I will mention about that scene as well. Like, I, I don't know why I get this feeling, but the scene leading up to that, I think, is head and shoulders above everything else in the film. The bit where he's on the phone to his daughter and she walks to the bathroom, just the blocking of it and stuff and the way it's set up. She's in the bathroom on the phone to him, talking about one thing, but then as she's in there, she spots the abductors coming, abduct the blonde girl, and she's over the way knowing that she's going to get abducted and he's trying to talk her through. I think that whole scene is amazing. Like the way It's the whole the calm situation. Yeah, the way she's put together. Yeah, as if she's, yeah, as if she's like, not even related to him. He, he, yeah. has, to sort of he has to disassociate himself and be like, yeah. look, you've got to do this. Tell me everything you can when they come in. I think that's all amazing. Like, I mean, the way he's directing everything. I was like, that scene is fantastic. Like, And then it ends with the, the speech that you know we're talking about kind of thing. But Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that, you need both, both those two things together. I think the word you used there was disassociate. Yeah. I mean, that was like... Probably absolutely spot on, isn't it? It's like he's literally disassociated in the situation. Yeah, it's like forget it's my daughter. He's turned a professional. Just go out, like I'm doing my job basically. Yeah. Like it's yeah, professionally yeah. telling her how to get kidnapped here. Like yeah. you know, try and stay as safe as possible. Last yeah, year. give me the best chance to catch the people who've done it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Re- really, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that scene is like genuinely class. <laughs> Yeah, watching it, I, mean, I knew how it went, but watching it last night, I was getting into it, I was like, shit, she's going to get kidnapped. It's because, you, yeah, it's because you've not seen it in such a long time, you have to relive that. That is probably one of the highlights of the film. Well, obviously, other parts of it are not so, as good, but this that is one of the standout from it. Yeah, well, there was another good scene like that that Joe mentioned in the, in the uh, on the WhatsApp chat today. <laughs> I'd, I'd say uh, my... Before I move on to that, bit, I'll just mention the, the scene where he goes back to his ex-wife's house and he's explaining to her that yeah. she's been kidnapped, and he's giving like bare bones straight to the fact answers. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed that as well. I thought that the was bit cool. where he, he's caught, basically calling out the new man in in the mum's life and saying like, "I know what business dealings you do. I know you've got this these sort of contacts. Get me a plane to Paris now, plane, an, hour an hour ago." That whole scene to me just felt like he was like holding back the I told you so kind of thing. Like, I told you this had happened. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> but um, John, you mentioned the scene that I mentioned off off the, uh, the pod. The I was watching this at about, it was about half 12 at night when this scene came up. I was on my own. I had the room lights off, enjoying the film. And the scene where he's at the dinner table with his French friend. Yeah, Jean-Pierre and yeah, his wife. His name? French, Kevin Spacey. Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> and the wife, who's like quite happy was, to it see... It was really nice, yeah. Yeah, quite happy yeah. to see Liam Neeson. And then starts getting a bit heated. And just out of nowhere, he just pulls his gun out and just shoots her in the... Oh, shit. <laughs> just, just shoots her in the arm. That's like, the sheer brutality of just what he's going through he needs to just get straight to the point and that's the way to shut him up like. yeah. but I'd, I would yeah. say that transcended the earlier bits that was my favourite moment <laughs> because it was so I was so I'd forgotten that happened and I was so actually shocked and yeah. just taken aback going oh my god he just shot his wife I had to like I did like a shock laugh at it kind of thing. Like, what the fuck it was an almost like it was like a James Bond quip where he said um, 
I hope you like as if like you hope your wife gets. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Hope she's okay about that. Yeah, so, so <laughs> tell her I'm sorry about having to shoot her in the eye. Only a flesh her. wound. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like genuinely, I was taken aback by it. I was like, I was like, that was that was a really good moment of the film. For yeah, me. Really there's, there's, there's plenty yeah. of moments in the film where you like, <clears throat> you don't see the consequence of what the actions have just been. So like yeah. when he when he chases Peter up like the. Uh, the ramp. Yeah. Obviously, the police are after him, but it just sort of fades. Yeah, yeah. fades to black, and then he goes. He's back at there's, like uh, there's the no hotel way he could have then escaped from what what <clears throat> was the police and yeah. the other man. The, there was another man at the time, yeah. wasn't that? He would just been in that case. But, but, like, but they showed literally as he was going up the ramp, the police were literally ten feet away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the cab driver going, "There he is! There he is!" And he runs up on foot up the ramp, and the police are just like, "Oh, forget it!" Like, <laughs> but, I mean, but then obviously <laughs> after that scene, he's like, he's shot the woman, and then like knocks out. Jump yeah, and it's like the two kids like they come out of the bedroom like yeah. mum's just being shot, the dad's unconscious. So you've, effe- you've effectively like <laughs> scarred them. Yeah, they're going to be in some sort of counselling no, because be they're going to come out. And the, the dad's been pistol whipped, and the mum's been shot, and it's like oh, it's traumatic, right? It's yeah. like, your dad's having, Sam, you made a really good point there because I know the point of the film is Liam Neeson goes round and just yeah. leaves an absolute trail of chaos behind yeah. him in France, but. There's, there's literally, there's never any kind of visiting what he's just done. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like no, that he just gets on a flight back. Home he, he gives no shit apart from going after, going after his daughter. Because like yeah. the amount of like, I know he does save one girl from sort of like being like drugged up and everything. But he goes into so many rooms. It's like, yeah. did, does he just leave them afterwards? Like, yeah, he got, is he ringing someone to like, right? You might need to check this location or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> never revisit the one he saved. No, she's, she's not even a plot point. She's just a that's, that's what I mean. Like, it's just, I, yeah. I'm gonna get a lot. I might as well jump to it now. Like, I'm jumping to the end, but only to make only to make a point. The the film does a weird bait and switch at the end, where like you meet the bad guys who he's fighting at the end of the film. You met them like five minutes ago. <laughs> well, and and he made he forced him to buy his daughter, and now he's fighting them to get his daughter back. <laughs> but like, and obviously he gets his daughter back. But it's like. You've not. This is still gonna go on, Liam. After you leave, like there's still all this yeah. trafficking going on. You're not. You've got your daughter and back. But <laughs> I mean, we'll kind of talk about the end, but like he just flies home normally, sort of. Yeah, like, just like any other flight with his daughter. It's like no, yeah. no fanfare or anything. It's just like oh, I'll just get a flight home now. Like yeah. just leave Paris in a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but even like that final scene where he shoots the sheik, like he's killed everyone on that boat. The other women have mis- just disappeared completely. <clears throat> And it's him and his daughter. Is he piloting that boat? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's what, what happened? Is that, what they, is that to, what they taught him in the CIA how to sort of um, how to be a captain of a ship as well? <laughs> well. Having said all that, I think I don't care about any of that. I think of, that's any of that. I don't see that because it's just like it's just an all-out action film with like going point A to point B. To yeah. Point if there was it's an explanation, like, this would take it to a two-hour-plus yeah. film. Exactly. And that's and you where don't it'd be pointless. You don't need yeah. that explanation. No. Because it's just a fun action film. It's a comic yeah. book, old school. Bang, bang, bang. Here's this thing done. It's not the yeah. thinking man's film, is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a. Uh, you got a bit of spare time action film. Shut this on for half an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. Three times. <laughs> just to mention as well, in terms of like. Liam Boomerneeson kind of thing, like just how and just how much of a bad father he is, and how, how out of touch. There's a conversation with his daughter at the start in the coffee shop, which is like, oh, can you sign my papers to go to Paris? And it's like, why do you want to go to Paris? It's like, why do you think, Liam? Like, <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake, like he's like, what's in Paris that isn't here? French people. Yeah. What, you're on the like, How out of touch is this guy? Like, yeah. it's like because he he says sort of like, oh, I've seen the world. 
As in, like, yeah, you've seen, part, you've seen the bad parts of it, but yeah. you must have seen the good parts of it as well, like, why you'd want to know. go travelling. There's no good parts. <laughs> but you no, can get like, off the no. plane and abduct his way There's all these people trying to kill you as soon as you get off planes. And it's like, yeah, because you were in the CIA. That's not for yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys got anything more to, to go into? I know women has, but I've got a laundry list of lead compliments us, for this. Lead us in, Sam. I don't, think, I don't think I do. I'll just, just mention before we got onto Winman's glowing, uh, glowing <laughs> trees. <laughs> uh, I really think this film is the trick. Like, there's a potential amazing twist at the end of this. Like, you get back home and everybody's happy and stuff, and Liam's got a little smirk on his face. He takes his phone out. You find out like he's like arranged the entire thing to teach his daughter a lesson. <laughs> this is why you don't go. Is to there France. a direct this cut? Is this what it is? That should that should be it. Like yeah, you find out he's the mastermind behind the extra it all. five minutes of the shakes he's made in the CIA, and he's like, "Nice one, mate." He's got, like, he's got like he's got like Peter's bullets. got like Peter's text message on his phone, yeah. and it's like him arranging Peter to meet at the airport. It's like delete. Because <laughs> <laughs> that Peter getting splattered thing was him arranging someone to run him over, so there was yeah, no paper yeah, yeah, trail. Yeah, just, just clean up. Just clean him up. Let's go. <clears throat> yeah, it's <laughs> a, a great film, isn't it? I, I don't. Say. I think we've covered pretty much everything. I've put, but it's not I think much like, to cover. No, exactly. No. <laughs> but that, that is that's my point. I was like alluding to it earlier. It's just a good action film that just that yeah. moves at a good pace. Yeah, it's short enough to be just like a, a good length film. Uh. That you can just take it for what it is, and it's just just a bit of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's not trying to be something else, is it? It's no. literally no. just it's it's almost like a sequence of events. Yeah, you're just watching, which isn't always a bad thing. Because you know, I don't think it's over the top in places, but it's like just below that bar of like not being spoof. I think there's some hard hitting yeah. bits in it. The bit yeah. when uh, he runs that guy in the car under like a, a I digger, like that. And it takes us yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. there's in like it's quite dark in places. Yeah, that's what yeah I mean, like that. Yeah. When you think of the reality of what's happened to that guy, it's like that is pretty yeah. gruesome. Actually, I see. When, you know, when he goes into the the whole little prostitution ring, yeah, yeah that's, they've all that's, got track <laughs> marks and stuff like that, and they're yeah, completely really out of it. Yeah, yeah, really, really horrible Tor- torture scene. The torture actually, scene that, I did enjoy. That was fun. Yeah. I actually like that one. Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that was good. Again, the, the convenience of it. There was one bit that I actually got a bit drawn into where they, they knock him out and catch Liam Neeson, they hang him up. I was like, God, how did he get out of this? I forgot about this. And it turns out the th- the thing is on the ceiling is loose and it just literally comes the away and you're like... pipe's made out of paper yeah, instead of like, like oh, metal. That's kind of convenient. That <clears throat> he just slipped well, off. How many people have been tied up there? So might have been loose from I, I assume that's their pole that they use to tie people up. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, we know this is sturdy. We always, we always hang people up here so we yeah. know we can do make, this. Make sure that's tight next time. <laughs> <laughs> In the film as well, they don't have one main sort of villain. Almost, it gets passed from person yeah, to exactly, person. Yeah. It's it, it, like yeah. that's one thing I think the film misses. There's no overarching bad guy. Oh, I'd, it I, think I, I, I quite like that it doesn't have one overarching bad guy. And I, really. I was going to say the same that I think like it's it is all about Liam Neeson getting his daughter back. It doesn't matter who the he goes through is. them all. Yeah, it's like completing levels. It's almost yeah. like he's going from one person to another until he, and each one is upgraded like security and stuff like that. To him, they are just nameless like enemies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he'll was, just go through them. Yeah, if you if you were to like psychoanalyze the film, you'd be like, 
that's what causes the sense of paranoia that he doesn't actually know what he's going after, like in, in some sense. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Then at the end of it, you're like, well, <laughs> you said to yourself, you find out who the bad guy is, and then five minutes later, you've got a different bad guy, and it just keeps going up. Yeah. It's a story builder, like you said with the games before, each one of them's a new almost like a clue to the next person or the next location, the jacket, a person, I don't know, like a, you know, like in a reflection yeah, yeah. of Peter, for example, a voice. Yeah. It's a building. I wasn't too happy with the reflection, but as well, think of the technology <laughs> you, in 2000. You couldn't have, enhanced, you couldn't have especially enhanced. on the machine. <laughs> yeah. Use the machine in like, in like what a you get in Asda. Booth, yeah. <laughs> There's no enhancing yeah. in, in Asda. From a, from a flip phone camera. Yeah. But it wasn't that. I think it got that, destroyed, like the camera, and he still had the SD card in perfect time. <laughs> like, that was not happening. I think he clicks a button and it's like processing, and it's like, oh, is that how that works? <laughs> <laughs> you can just feel oh, brilliant. I think, I think that's the thing with this film, is like it doesn't deserve of this type of analysis like it's kind no, of like fair, that's yeah. half the point is that these these sort of holes in the whole film uh, what kind yeah. of you know it's, it's all just it's, a, it's what the class as a black and white film is it you either don't like it or you do because it's because it's quick it's easy it's straight to the point yeah yeah there's no you can't overanalyze it like this where there's grey areas like the only grey areas that like you, you you mentioned before about potentially being xenophobic. Well, well can I just go off that? Like, again, the, the what we find out to be like the, the, the bad guys at the very end of it, who are the guy who bought his daughter and his father, I assume it was. Who's, do you remember this at all at the very end? He kills them both. It's like, you killed that poor cuddly grandfather there. Well, he just had a day out with his son, like, just on, the, on his boat, kind of thing. On his boat? On his boat. He looked uh, like uh, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> just bringing women to him, strapping him to him. But it just feels a bit like, the only reason that guy bought your daughter was you forced him to do it five minutes ago. You were like, buy it at 5,000 or whatever it was like. 5,000? Like, 500,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make the point that when he gets onto the boat, there's the, there's the fella in the suit and he literally just slams his head in the car door. It's, it's, they're just yeah. nameless. Yeah. There's only one sort of difficult uh, sort of moment. It's when he has to fight the Sheikh, sort of, I assume he's like his main protector. He seems to put the, the greatest fight up. For someone that didn't seem to be a fighter. physically look like he could do well, that compared to the other people he's been through. He was top of his class when he in henchman school. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He had that uh, weird sort of like claw-like yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But do you get what I mean with that guy at the end? Like the one who buys his daughter. It's like... Are you suggesting he's innocent? Well, I'm not gonna, he's just sat there watching the show and he's like, I wasn't going to buy it. You forced me to buy it. <laughs> yeah, but now you're killing me for buying it. Like, <laughs> he was going to buy another woman. <laughs> that is, that's a fair point now because if... If someone else had bought her, he'd, there'd have been a different final boss. Him thought. and his dad had been happy yeah. on the boat, just having a little boat trip. Like, that little boat trip. <laughs> <laughs> just as you do, yeah. just down the Seine. Bunch of prostitutes. <laughs> cost me a, yeah, cost me a couple of hundred grand for this woman. Just, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Tate would be there. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the uh, people. <laughs> Back in the day, he was just traveling the world doing his kickboxing. Watch Taken. Suddenly, a life change. Life changing experience. You know when people yeah. say they have this uh, this bulb. moment of clarity. The light bulb goes off. Yeah. Kind of like, this was a ka-ching and it's like, oh, as long as there's no Liam Neeson about, I can do this. <laughs> Greta Thunberg was the Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. But he didn't know she was going to be about, because back then, how old would she have been? I don't think she, was, she, was she born? Was she born then? See, he didn't know. She, I think she was born off the, off around that year, wasn't she? She was Probably. just a twinkle in her mum's eye, that's what she was. Yeah. But, yeah, so he was like, no one's going to get me. Yeah. How many stars are you giving Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate? <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Should we give a start <laughs> rate? Um, let think, me I think I'm older. Have you got some trivia first? Oh, yeah, throw some oh, trivia out. Yeah. Uh, so Liam Neeson expected the film to bomb, <clears throat> but he signed on in order to spend four months in Paris and learn karate. Very um, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, he hadn't been off that kind of role before, so he wanted to take it. Um, and obviously, as we've already mentioned, kind of uh, created this new on-screen image of him. Well, I was going to say, that's the one positive about it, is they didn't use the standard people they could use for these types of roles, ones that are actually trained in this as yeah. as standard, you know, the Steven Seagal's in like yeah, that type yeah. of stuff. Um, he was someone new, they must have thought to themselves, this is a bit of a curveball to put someone like Liam Neeson, mid-50s. Yeah, definitely. Never done this before. Revitalised his career, I think. Kind of, actually, kind of did. Maybe. I'd say it opened up that door, like that film, is it called Nobody from two years ago with Bob oh, yeah. Oldenkirk? Again, it's just the same kind of thing. It's just a middle-aged man kind of thing that you find out he's trained and stuff and he's yeah. got all these army skills. Like, yeah, I started this whole own kind of genre. Why have you free someone that looked like they were tired in the business at the time and they yeah. needed this direction and they don't know whether that's him putting himself forward for it, whether that's someone picking him and thinking, I'm going to change the way you are looked at by others in the business. But I do think there's a genuine argument to be had about whether that's a good thing or not. The fact it's spun off this whole genre... I wouldn't suggest... John Wick's great. I love John Wick, but the, a lot of them are just like, you know, straight to DVD, rubbish yeah. kind of thing. It's like, is it a good thing that he created? It's a good thing for him because he's made a fortune. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what he, uh, Liam Neeson apparently said when he first read the scripts, he felt certain it would be a straight to DVD release. Right. Um, as long as he paid enough, it was fine. Oh, so I just mentioned as well, it was uh, co-produced by Luc Besson, who uh, did like The Fifth Element. Yeah. Great filmmaker. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's context. That's a contextual film. It has layers. This one's, like we said, yeah, straightforward. One, di- one dimensional bang. Yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson was actually the uh, second choice. Jeff Bridges was first cast as Brian Mills. Oh, God, I can see that. Um, I think it's his, um, it, it'd have been going on for two and a half hours just for the amount of time it takes him to say something <laughs> in, his, yeah. in his drawl. Do you remember him, him in Iron Man at all when he played Obadiah Stane and he gets like really angry and narky and that? I imagine that's how he would have been like. But, in well, I was one. seeing him as the one that's in um, Kingsman. You know the one where the the second one where. Oh yeah, when he's in that, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in that. Yeah, where he's always in a bad mood. Yeah, that's <laughs> <him>. <laughs> uh, Imagine that he killed a few people to get his daughter back. Do you know how many? Twenty-five. Oh, should we, should we make this a game? Sure, sure, I guess. Right, uh, I'm gonna go with. I go for twenty-five. I reckon it's quite a there's there's a fair amount per section. And um, do we count the woman that got shot on behalf? Listen, of I was just thinking. Everybody, and listen, I feel this needs to be collateral. But I was just thinking, like, he, he didn't kill Peter. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. He didn't kill Peter, and Plus, that prostitute get shot. Trafficked lady did get shot. Yeah, blocking. Blocking. blocking him. <laughs> if he's knocked someone out. We count that as a okay. We don't have yeah. to. Yeah, we don't so, have to. Well, hang on. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock in fifty-seven. I'll go forty-one. I think it. So there's one here that says, assuming the man who gets electrocuted dies and the man thrown overboard of the boat, uh, can't swim and <laughs> gets up, gets to, stuck the, in the propellers and the waiter <laughs> that he replaces it says here. The, you know what, I don't, I, I don't think it's 41, I think it's 21. I've got 25. I'm staying with 57. Uh, 35. Oh. So, about in the middle of all your guesses. Yeah. You're all right. But in terms of scenes, <laughs> I did actually like the whole where he was carrying the tray. Sorry, I've missed this one off before. 
and he flips the tray out and hits the man in the neck with it and that yeah. cleans him out. I never thought that would kill someone yeah. or knock him out. Yeah, I thought that. Though. Ooh. Yeah. Like that straight yeah. in. It's just so powerful. I know, that's what I thought. Reminded yeah. me of Mortal Kombat. I was like... <laughs> like Raider with his hat. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was it. Oh, very good. That's impressive. Right. Uh, but we're ready for ratings. Yeah. yeah. If, if you don't mind, we'll go clockwise, I'll start. Um, I reckon this is a, a free star film for me. It's a, uh, you know... I enjoyed it. It's it's a it's a shallow film, but you know, for what it is, I enjoyed it. Um, three stars. Yeah, mine's the same. I think it because it because it, just because it sticks to what it always has been that whole Eastern European. They obviously like <laughs> not well known, so you know, like in terms of their culture, so they just do unscrupulous things. But yeah. Um, because it's Sorry, is that your opinion or in the film? <laughs> no, in the, yeah, film, in the of, film they do that. My opinion is that they always tend to use it because it's recycled. Is why it's not any better. Yeah, it's a, what's it's the a, word? A trope. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's they've kind of sort of continued on from the Air Force One type thing. You know, that yeah, type yeah. It's just a dodgy uh, yeah. foreign terrorist. Basically, so I think yeah. that's why I give it three because there's no real thought behind the people that originally abducted. Yeah, no, that's fair. Lots of power at you guys, but I'll go three as well. Just a, it's just a fine action film, and you can just sit down. It's short, as we said. Uh, you can just stick it on, watch it. I, I didn't hate watching it. Uh, I enjoyed that one scene in particular. Thought it was great. Uh, yeah, three stars. <laughs> the, the bit you're all waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Right, I've, I've been right waiting for this for two hours. So <laughs> are we getting a six? More like two years. <laughs> Longer than yeah. that. <laughs> Um, I think you all know I'm going to give it five. Okay. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I, I, was, expe- I was expecting six. I think I know it's, I, I obviously know it's not a five-star film. I am giving it a five because out of just personal. Yeah, it's personal preference, yeah. isn't it? So I know it's not a, I think it's better than a three-star film. I, would, I probably would go four, but I am giving it five just because I think it's a, it's, it's a very good action film. I don't think there's much originality to it, but, I think what it does, it does really well. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Because I was thinking in cinema anyway, there's not much originality anyway, so it's always a recycle rehash, isn't it? So it's just how good you do it, so that's why. So this is your favourite film of all time? Is this one of the Maybe, one know. of the only films you ever finished in one sitting? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> would, you, would you put this in your like top three films then, Tom? but this is that's getting to my point of like whenever you're asked on the spot of like what's your favourite song what's your favourite film what's your favourite artist what's your favourite book what's whatever like that I think you're always going to be missing something like that you're not remembering or, it, or it can change you would think in a week's time where you'd be like oh no I, that's, that would be up there well, but I don't think I have a particular favourite You could, you could favorite get asked film. in a year and the films come out between now and then that changes your whole perspective yeah. on what is your favourite of whatever film. Like when Taken 2 came out. <laughs> you didn't know that was coming until it came and then you were like, oh, even better, six stars. Um, I'll be interested, have you seen Taken 2 and 3? I've seen Taken 2 once, I've not seen Taken 3. What did you make of Taken 2? Shit. <laughs> oh, okay. You want like Taken 3? No. <laughs> That's why I've not watched it. <laughs> Um, no, I I know what you're saying with favorite films. I think I know it's not the greatest cinematic film or whatever like that. I wouldn't put it up there if I was making a list of sort of like best made films. But that's not, as we've all said, that's not what this film is, and that's not what we're 
reviewing it for. No. <laughs> and that's why we're here. Is it enjoyment yeah. enjoyment factor? Yeah. Pretty good. Very good. Yeah. Lovely. I think we're finished then. Yeah, yeah just gonna yeah. say a little point out, there's movies coming out, isn't there? Go on. New Scream and yeah. Magic Mike's out next week. I did see the trailer for that the other day. Yeah. There's a Magic Mike stage show now. Yeah, we don't oh. want to go and see that. No, I'll be a bit too. But in terms of future pods, we could have two <laughs> potential movies that might have a bit of a different spin on the usuals that were out from that genre anyway. From them specific franchises, if we're going to call them that way. Magic Mike and Magic Mike Double XL. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, it's, it's different, isn't it? It seems to have more context, more sort of well, a different style because obviously they're old and the characters are older, so they have a different style. And obviously, Scream's taking a different turn as well, oh, so yeah, you get to watch that in a different Scream way. Six, yeah. Is that a sort of reboot? No, it's made in New York, so it's a different, a completely different slant. It's almost like a, a well, whole... it's a sequel to Part Five, which it wasn't. Part Five wasn't a reboot; it's a legacy sequel, which is like. And the whole point of Scream Five is it's taking the piss out of legacy sequels, like The Force Awakens isn't a reboot of Star Wars. But it kind of is at the same time. Like, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what Scream Five is, and then now this is a sequel to Scream Five. Okay. Yeah. But you get small cast members in it too, that you might not. Have, you know what I mean? That that they sort of bring back from different <coughs> sort of movies in the whole. Well, exactly. Like, like somehow Force Awakens has brought back the original characters, but then all, in the same way rebooted Star Wars Episode Four okay. with the Force Awakens. This one, re- Part Five, rebooted Scream. But brought all the original cast members back, so it's yeah. not a complete reboot kind of thing. Like, no, yeah. So yeah, they might cool. be futures, futures that we can cover. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Well, we'll call it there then. Yeah. Um, cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. That? Yeah. Good. yeah. It's good to have you back, John, as well. Thanks. Yeah. Long, Long time waiting. Yep. I'm gonna go home and get some bin chicken on my way home. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Name don't throw anyone under the bus. Well, yeah. Sorry, just to mention as well, not to throw anyone under the bus, not to throw you under the bus in them as, as well as Jono. We need to line anyone up under the bus wheels. <laughs> <laughs>